Hey there, audio listener. Michael here. Before we get started with today's episode, Travis and I wanted to tell you about a really fun giveaway we're going to be doing over the next week or so to honor Ultra Day on July the 10th. Travis, do you want to tell the folks about it? Absolutely. We're going to be giving away a movie spree code to Ultraman Ace to one of our listeners. The only thing you have to do to enter this giveaway is go to our YouTube channel, Kaiju Weekly Podcast on YouTube. And we're going to have this promo as a separate video. All you have to do is uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment on that video. Any comment that you want to leave, just leave us a comment. And if you're not a YouTube user, what you can do is also go over to our Twitter account. We're going to have a post on Twitter about this giveaway. You can retweet that and make sure to follow us on there and you'll be entered that way too and we will pick one person uh, from that combined pool of people to give away this code to This week's episode is brought to you by Giras. He's beauty. He's grace. He has Godzilla's face. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, he's so fine, uh, he, may, he makes me lose my mind. Hey, Mickey, Mikey, <laughs> <laughs> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't even i can't even finish what i was gonna say um, well you man you done screwed up my train of thought travis <laughs> oh hey <man>. everybody <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> I, I will say i will say if you listen to the last episode i am so happy <clears throat> I'm so happy that uh, Travis actually used the real intro this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost the real intro. <laughs> we, <laughs> I had a little bit of flourish there at the end. <laughs> uh, you had way too much flourish, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, this is what happens when we're trying to record three episodes in a single weekend. <laughs> it, uh, things get crazy. Travis, you're telling them how the sausage is made now, man. Come on, come on. Uh, I already mentioned it last week that Uh, I'm going to be moving house. And so we're having to record all of our episodes ahead of time. So yada, uh, yada, yada. I know we know you're moving. Yeah, I'm getting I'm moving into my mansion because podcasting is just paying me so much. Hey, (laughs) you're getting all that profit from the uh, T public store. Oh, yeah. All those epic designs are finally paying off. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man, yeah, T public thing is is so crazy because 
I do I do talk about it on Twitter. I don't talk about it on the podcast a lot, but I do talk about it on Twitter a lot. And I don't want people to think I'm pushing the merch because I'm trying to make a profit off of it because mm-hmm. I get like one to two dollars for every shirt that we sell. So and we are not selling enough shirts to really make a profit on. My whole reason for making those shirts is because I just I'm I'm a creative person, I'm a silly goofy person and I want to see people wear my silly designs. <laughs> here's how the, look, just for the listeners at home, here's how the process usually goes. I'll be sitting on my couch uh watching TV and it's like 11 o'clock or so at night, my time. And I'll get a random text message from Travis. It's like, hey, look at this. Or look what I made. And it's <laughs> the shirt he designed. I was like, oh, that's how, that looks good. Um, he said, he said, then he'll say, great, because it's already up on T Public. I was like, okay, all right. Well, um, why ask for my feedback, Travis, if you just go ahead and ship it anyway? No, no. It depends on how long you take to respond, because if you <laughs> respond quickly, then I usually wait a little bit to get your feedback. But if you take a while, then I'm like, eh, it'll be all right. I'll go ahead and put it on there. It's that, it's that idea of the MVP, that minimal viable product that they drill into our heads at work. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So if anybody does buy any of the shirts, um, it, it supports the podcast. It definitely does, but it's mostly, uh, it's mostly because, uh, if, if you buy it and you wear it, the satisfaction I get from it is really the benefit that we get. It's, it's not, it's not the profit that makes the difference. So yeah, in all seriousness, guys, please, please, please go buy, go buy a shirt. They're, they're really nice designs. I, I I'm joking here. They really are nice designs. I think he just put up a brand new one. I think maybe last night or the night before, um, or it would be la- uh, at the time of this, at the time you're listening to this, it would be last week. Right. Um, but yeah, he, there really are really great designs guys go and, and check it out. I think it's uh, tpublic.com slash users slash user slash Kaiju weekly. Yeah, it's something like that. T Public's weird with their with their URLs. So uh, if if nothing else, we'll put it in the uh, link in the description. And if you do buy a shirt, uh, send us a picture on Twitter or Instagram. Tag us in in it on Instagram or uh, on Twitter because I would love to see uh, some of our shirts out in the wild. I know I'm probably our biggest customer because I have bought my own shirts <laughs> because I love them so much. I'm like I just I bought myself them, so I have you know. I have my shirts and I'm going to take some pictures of me wearing them at some point coming up soon. Travis, the model. He's not just a podcaster folks. He's also a t-shirt model. Yeah. Just call me Calvin Klein. (laughs) Who is not even a model. But (laughs) Okay. So before this episode gets well, it's well, it's already off to, it's off the rails. It's already (laughs) off the rails, but before it gets any further, (laughs) Travis, Let's, uh, do we got any news to share this week? Well, um, yeah, we're going to jump into the news so we can go ahead and uh, cue the BDBD. BD. Sure. Let's cue it. Uh, and really the only news that we have is as of the time of recording this episode, episodes one and two of Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z have aired, uh, in Japan and also been simulcast on YouTube. So we're going to give our uh, review 
of these first two episodes as uh as our, you know for this news segment um the third episode would have aired will have aired by the time this this podcast goes out but as of the time of recording only the first two have aired so we will talk about the third one in a future episode sure let's go so let's get into episode one we did kind of give our initial thoughts on the series or on the first episode uh, in a, a previous episode of uh, of the podcast, but let's let's dive into this. What did you really like and dislike about Ultraman Z episode number one? Really, not a whole lot that I disliked about it. Honestly, um, uh, honestly, I don't think I don't really only think I wrote down anything that I disliked about it. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and it's really, um, it's really a unique opportunity that we're there. We're getting to watch these in pretty real time. I think they come out uh, for us in the West the, on YouTube. They come out like the day after they officially air on Japanese television. So we're, you know, we're getting to watch them in fairly real time with every, with the rest of the world. So it's a really interesting opportunity that we, that we get to have here because it was something that I think we touched on a few episodes back about whether or not we were going to actually going to be able to do this or not, or we would have to mm -hmm. wait until uh, Mill Creek puts it out. But um, I really liked episode one. It, um, it started off with lots of action, specifically monster action. We all love that kaiju action uh, with uh, the ancient monster Gamis, uh, which, side note, is really one of my favorite original ultra kaiju. He's just a really unique looking creature. Um, he, I think he was the very first, I think he may have been the very first kaiju because he was in the episode of Ultra Q. I think that was the very first episode of Ultra Q. Um, anyway. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I can see, Travis, why a lot of folks like the modern Ultraman, uh, the modern series of Ultraman, um, more so than, say, the classics, like in the Showa era and maybe even, I guess you would consider it the Heisei era. Um, the, the, the ones made in, say, the early 2000s or the mid 2000s, I can see why folks enjoy those more because I think you and I have talked about it. Um, the Ultraman in these, the Ultraman in these episodes, you tend to root for them more so than even the, than for me personally, I tend to root more for the Ultraman in these modern episodes, these modern series like Ultra Orb, Gate, and X and, um, uh, now Zet, um, more so than I would did in the Showa era. In the Showa era, I'm all like, give me some kaiju, you know, give me that kaiju action. Right. Um, but with these, I find myself like you, Travis, rooting more for the hero than say the monster, which kind of weird because it's supposed to be a hero show, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, set design was great. Uh, the kaiju, the, the first, uh, kaiju that we got to see was the, um, the giant space shark, uh, Ginagog, I think that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's a really unique creature. Um, and then of course the Ultraman Zet, uh, suits and design for, 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 for that, for this series is great. I mean, I don't have any complaints, honestly. I, there's really not a whole lot I can really complain about except for maybe, eh, maybe the, maybe the comedy could have been better timed. It was a little bit goofy, uh, but it's a kid's show. So what do you, what do you expect? 
Yeah, yeah, and that's something that uh, I have come to appreciate with uh, Ultraman, with Super Sentai, with Common Rider is, yeah, the the comedy is a little goofy at times, uh, but I have to remember these are shows that are primarily geared towards kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like just because us thirty year old men are watching it doesn't mean they're not still supposed to be geared towards kids. Right. right. <laughs> um, I really like how this movie just jumped right into the action. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the episode opens with a monster rampage. <clears throat> and that is fantastic. Uh, the, the comedy bits I liked, I actually thought the comedy in this, in this episode was actually really good. Um, I have to say though, Savinger. So, I guess is how you say it. Savinger. Savinger. Yes. Savinger. Uh, the robot is so hecking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's already, there's already little memes and cartoons. Oh uh, man. Popping up online of him. Or he is so well, great. He's to be, but whatever. Yeah, there's he's yeah. He's super adorable. Um, which and... is, it, it, it is interesting because um, he is actually, he's not a new thing. Uh, uh-huh. He was in a previous Ultraman series. Uh, he was in Ultraman Leo. I was going to say Leo. I was going to say Leo or uh, uh, Ace, but I haven't watched Ace yet. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's in Leo. Um, let me see. Let me double check that just to make sure that <clears throat> is uh, uh, robotic capsule kaiju who first appeared in ultraman leo yep hey, so uh yeah one. so uh yeah he is uh, he is i i like that they keep bringing back things from previous uh seasons like you said even uh gomez uh or gomez the mm-hmm. um the kaiju the first kaiju that you see mm-hmm. is a one that you know goes all the way back to ultra q um so i i do i love that they're bringing that back i really enjoyed the characterization of Zet. I think that he is really funny. And I like that you get the sense, which, I mean, it, it, this is his character. This is supposed to be uh, his character. That he's a rookie who is trying to act like, you know, the big hero who's here to save the day. But then he has those moments where he just turns into a dork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I, I just I love that. I I, I love the, those moments. Uh, his interactions with uh, Haruki, uh, the the human side of Ultraman Z in this series. Yeah, his human counterpart is just as just as goofy. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the scene where they're sitting there and uh, and Zet is explaining to Haruki how to transform into his Ultraman form. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, you've got to say my name. Okay, what's your name? <laughs> Ultraman Zeto. Yeah, Ultraman Zeta. Zeto. And uh, uh, then he, he does it. And then nothing happens. And Zet's like, you have to press the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It's yeah, such a good. timing on that was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good one. Um, one other thing that I want to really highlight for this first episode, especially the cinematography. Oh yes. 
the yeah. way the camera, especially in that first, the opening segments when it's down low and it's shooting up from like a human, you know, the human level up at the kaiju as it's stomping through, it is such fantastic camera work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it really gives you the sense of how big Gomez is compared mm-hmm. to, you know, humans. Right. Which is just then undercut when Sevenger shows up because Sevenger is bigger than Gomez and you didn't even know that didn't realize it until they shows up and then you realize Gomez is actually not that big of a kaiju. <laughs> I think Sevenger is I think they said it in episode two. I know they said it in episode two. He's 55 meters, and so that probably puts Gomez or Gomez at say around 45 meters. Because if he's not quite, I don't believe he's quite 50 meters. Yeah, he yeah he doesn't look like he would be that tall. And uh, but I just love that because when when it's shot down low, he's mm-hmm. shown you know to be big and massive, and he's tearing through the city, and everybody's running for their lives. And then when you finally have uh, something to actually put next to him to actually have scale, then you realize he's just a little adorable kaiju. He's not even that big. <laughs> just a wee little fella. He's just a wee little fella. Uh, yeah, so I, I like that. The, but the, yeah, the cinematography is great. Um, do you want to move into episode two now, or do you want to bring up something else? Uh, uh, I'll just bring up one quick thing. Um that you talked about the cinematography and I want to bring up sort of the CG a little bit, because I know some of these more modern series, they do rely very heavily on CG for um, the, the Ultraman's attacks. uh, And of course the Kaiju attacks, it's just so, so well done. It does not, it does. It looks, it looks great. And, and really, these more recent Ultraman series, uh, they really benefit from some of these larger budgets that Subaraya and the, and these companies put into them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to make some comparisons between this show, uh, and Ultraman orb a lot because Ultraman oh, yeah. orbs, one of the ones I just watched fairly recently. So that one is still fresh in my mind. Sure, so I'm going yeah. to probably bring some, you know, comparisons and contrasts there, but you're right. These modern, the modern Ultraman, uh, series, they, the special effects are so well done, both the CG yeah. and the practical effects. Yeah. This is such a, this was such a fun way to kick off this, this particular season. Um, yeah, it was, it was such a, it was just a lot of fun. That's all I really got to say. I don't have any, I really don't have any negatives, uh, to say about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I, I, I don't have any negatives. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, getting into episode two. Now I will say with these tokusatsu series, now this is Ultraman, uh, Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, all of them, it, in my opinion, you need to have entertaining characters because when you get further along in these series, the monster fights can kind of get repetitive. So the only thing that can keep you like hooked into the show is Mm -hmm. the characters. And so that's something I really look for when I'm in, when I get into these, these uh, tokusatsu series and this one this series so far, just in two episodes, 
has it in spades. Mm, the characters absolutely. are so great. Uh, Yoko, Shota, and Yuka, uh, which are the other members of the storage team, along with Haruki, are so interesting and they're funny in their own ways because they're not like you know like uh yuka is is kind of more of a goofy kind of funny but shota has his own level of humor by being so stoic mm -hmm. and then yoko being this kind of macho very um very uh principled warrior type um right. person kind of brings her own humor into it uh i i especially really like shota uh because as a leader he's really smart and i like how he brings out the best in the team and also he was my favorite part of ultraman orb because it's the same actor who played juggler in ultraman orb <laughs> so uh it's I'm, very I'm, fitting that the name of this episode the episode it's very fitting that the name of episode two is called the warrior's principle mm -hmm. yeah definitely um what did you think of episode two it was a little bit of a slower burn than episode uh, one. It kind of sets up like episode one introduces us to this new world that we're in. Uh, it gives us a glimpse at our characters, but it really doesn't explore a whole lot. You know, their, per their person, their personalities and uh, kind of gives us some of the inner workings of, of who we're going to be going alongside this journey with during this season. Now, episode two does that. We mm -hmm. get a little bit more detailed information on who storage is uh, and the teammates uh, that all kind of come together to make up this, this team, uh, this storage team, the storage unit as I like to call it. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was a slower burn. Uh, I like the fact that they brought back. Um, I have to find the Kaiju's name because the name of it escapes me. Uh, Naranga. Yeah. Naranga. They, I'm glad that they brought back another, classic kaiju although i really am hoping for something a little bit more original uh sort of like what we got with ginnegarg and um i'm hoping for some more like that i don't know how much of that we will get um but i but if they keep bringing back some of these uh more classic ultra kaiju but in a in a with new powers and abilities and they look a lot better and yada 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 i'm gonna be really pleased with it either way because you know in this episode we saw our uh, our lead uh, please, please, Travis, please uh, remind me what our lead's character, our lead character's name in the, in the show is Haruki. Haruki. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. I should know that, but I don't, it, no, it, that's escaped, fine. Me. it escaped me, but, um, we saw Haruki sort of struggle with himself in this episode, sort of struggle with, um, you know, focusing in on being the warrior that we know he can be. And so that's just sort of that little mini arc that takes place in this episode. And then there's some other, uh, I'll let you get into sort of the, the, the female characters of the show, but Haruki, he seems to really struggle in this episode, but mainly he struggles with his, with focusing on being the hero, be, doing what he has to do to, to just be Ultraman and be, uh, to save, Japan to save his team from disaster. So it's, it was just a lot of fun. It was like I said, it was a little bit of a slower burn than mm -hmm. the breakneck speed that we got with episode one. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I really don't have any uh, bad things to say about this one either, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
Now, I have a quick question. Sure, go ahead. How much do you want to bet that the character of Shota turns out to be Juggler from Orb? And that he's not actually, it's not just the actor who crossed over, but they actually bring the character back. You talking about uh, uh, Zet's mentor? No, um, um, the well, yeah, the the cat, the basically the captain of the storage okay. team, right? Who uh, fought him in the dojo? Uh, that uh, actor yes, is the yes. one who played uh, Juggler, the the vi- main villain from uh, from Orb, Ultraman Orb. Uh huh. Who was you know kind of basically like Ultraman Orb's brother? Uh, you know mm-hmm. they kind of very you know they had um, they were very close. Uh, and so it's the same actor and it's not, a, uh, it's not unusual for them to use, you know, same actors for multiple parts. So it's not, right. you know, it's not that far fetched to think he's just a completely original character at the same time. They bring back characters from previous seasons and series too. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far fetched to also think that this might be, he might turn out to later on be a juggler just pretending to be human. Mm. I see. I had thought about something along those lines when I was watching the uh, show this morning. And, um, I honestly thought that, that possibly his character could become the master that we saw in episode one that got sucked into that black hole created by zero. Zero. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We could see him come back as zero. Uh, and he's just here to build up, Ultraman Zet uh, as the warrior he needs to become to save the Earth. So <clears throat> that was a thought I had already had. Um, but I like your point too that it could that it could possibly be um, the character from Ultra Orb too. Yeah, and uh, and, and uh, just to kind of um, give some credence to it, the idea of it because we know that Ultraman Geed is and his human counterpart are going to show up in this series mm-hmm. later on. So right. we've already had that announced um, in the press packet that Subaraya sent out or Mill Creek sent out uh, or Subaraya. Yeah. Subaraya sent out. Um, so yeah, it's possible that it could be because if you, because uh, spoilers for a small part of Ultraman orb, but juggler does kind of come around at the end he doesn't he's not you know he doesn't uh, he actually kind of has a redemption mm-hmm. at the end so it's completely possible that he disguised himself as a human and stayed on earth and now he's the leader of this storage unit <laughs> completely um, plausible i would pro- i would i would almost put money on it in fact you and me actually may make a friendly wager Hmm. on the side who knows but uh yeah i would almost put, i would probably put money on it yeah but uh but yeah i, I just i i love the characters in this one and that's one of the things and like i said i will make comparisons to orb just because it's the most recent um ultraman series that i watched but uh one of the things that i did not enjoy about orb was that the side characters didn't have much to do mm-hmm I really enjoyed the main, you know, orb and his, and his human, uh, alter ego, but I, the side characters just didn't have much to do. And so 
it just that bothered me when watching the series. This one immediately in the first episode and the second episode, the side characters automatically is just like they already have more to do than the ones in Orb. And so I already like these characters more because they're just they're doing stuff. I like um, like I said, I like Shota. Now, I do have a small issue and I don't it's not a big issue, but it is a little small one. I'm not happy with what they're doing with Yoko being kind of uh, a little man crazy in a way. Ah, okay. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of like romance side angle that they're going with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a small thing. Overall, I still really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I really did too. And and really, the only gripe that the only honestly gripe that I had with the episode wasn't even did, didn't really have to even do with the episode itself. Um, you know, we're spoiled, Travis, so we get video on demand all the time, and so we don't have to deal with things like uh, what are those? What are they called? Um, oh shoot, commercials. There we go. <laughs> um, we don't have to deal with commercials, and these ultra shows are not just and i'm not just talking about youtube ads i'm not talking about those because i think those are your you we all get used to those mm-hmm. but i'm talking about legitimate like bandai ultraman commercials mm-hmm. are inserted into these episodes and i'm like okay well you know they could have saved us like maybe five minutes and cut out some of these ads and commercials, but I get why they did it. It's, it's for kids. They're trying to sell kid. They're trying to sell toys and products and app and apps to download. I get it, but it does spoil you a little bit to not have to deal with those things, but that, that yeah. has nothing to do with, with the episode itself. I love the episode. Like, and like we've talked about, it just sort of does a little bit of world building and a mm-hmm. little bit of plot building. Um, in this second episode. So it makes me, it, it makes me look forward to episode three. I, I can't wait for them to, I can't wait till they put out the uh, promo for episode three this week. Oh, well, if you stay to the end of the episode, um, they always do show what's coming up next. Oh, and well. uh, you're going to be happy with episode three because Ooh. they bring back Gamora. Ah, yes. I love Gamora. Uh, Gamora is, if you can't tell, I lo- if you can't tell already, Gamora, although he is considered just to be a generic dinosaur kaiju, but he was one of the few kaiju in the original 66, uh, the OGS, that really gave Ultraman a run for his money. And I just enjoy his design. And I know they bring back Gamora a lot throughout some of the the more contemporary series as well. And mm-hmm. they they always, always do a great job with his character. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he, uh, was high because they mentioned in the episode, in episode two, how there's a bunch of Kaiju that they have located that are hibernating, uh, underground mm-hmm. and he's one of them. And so they're mm-hmm. trying to transport him, uh, while he's still hibernating. And in the process, he wakes up and has to fight Zet. Oh, so. well that's, that's kind of a, Oh, I get it's a it's a sixty year it's a thirty sixty year old show at this point, but it's not really a spoiler. Uh, it's sort of the plot of episodes twenty six and twenty seven of the original series. Like they were trying to put mm-hmm. him to sleep and then transport him, and he woke up. Yeah, okay. There's so much of Z so far, just in these two episodes that we've seen, that really is just 
kind of like a love letter to more than any of the other ones. Like, I mean, this is, again, this is a series that's been going on for ever. So, you know, they've done this multiple times, but this is definitely a love letter to that original series from 66. Uh, even to the point that um, you notice that this Ultraman doesn't speak when he's transformed. He only mm -hmm. does the, yeah, ha, yeah, I did yeah. notice that going back to that original Ultraman series uh, where he, the Ultraman did not speak. He only did the, yeah, um, which is something that they had actually moved away from in the more contemporary, uh, you know, modern Ultraman. Uh, they, you know, they had started speaking. Uh, and were you know would would speak on a regular basis, yeah. but this one kind of takes it back to that original. Yeah, after he flies away after the battle, you can hear so watch. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I picked up on that. It's it's altered. The audio is altered. It's it's a lot deeper sounding mm -hmm. to fit the voice of this new Ultraman to Ultraman Z. Uh, but it's there, and you can hear it, and it it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm looking forward to watching more of this series. It's going to be. Uh, a lot of fun to to keep watching. Absolutely, me too. And I can't I can't wait to uh, do a sort of a mini. This is a mini review um, since this is sort of in real time. We're trying to review these in real time. We don't, and they're only available for like two weeks. Uh, it's really difficult to sit down and do a really in depth review. So hopefully, Travis, these little mini reviews every couple of episodes are going to be super helpful for folks. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And when uh, when the series ends and we can just kind of do like a retrospective on the whole thing, uh, we're going to give some scores and really talk about mm -hmm. uh, what we liked overall. Yeah, we will. But it's good that this entire episode is kind of dedicated to Ultraman because this episode is supposed to be coming out on the 8th and Ultraman Day is July 10th. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was when the pre-premiere, the first ever time that Ultraman appeared on television uh, in Japan. So it is Ultraman Day. All right. Uh, yeah. And so to continue the Ultraman celebration, let's move into our main topic where we discuss more Ultraman. All right, let's go. All right, so this week we are covering episodes 10 through 12 of the original Ultraman series from 1966. Um, so we have, we're not going to do the cast and crew because cast and crew is the same. So if you're interested in knowing uh, who the cast and crew is, go back to the first episode that we, where we covered episodes one through three. Um, but here's the plot breakdown, starting with episode 10. Episode 10, uh, a dinosaur-like monster emerges from the depths of Lake Kiriyama. And that's it. That's all I have. So, what are... Okay. I, I didn't even write down the episode title. That's bad. I should have wrote down the episode title, at least. Um, so, what are your thoughts on episode 10 of Ultraman 66? And uh, the episode title is the mysterious monster base. Just the mysterious monster base. Okay. The, or the, 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 I'm sorry. The mysterious dinosaur. 
mysterious okay. dinosaur base. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, see, I messed it up too, Travis. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, um, okay. So this episode is mainly known for one thing. And that is uh, the, ep- this is the episode where we get to see Ultraman versus Godzilla. Sort mm-hmm. of. Sort of. Um, and we say sort of uh, because as we covered in uh, the last episode uh, where we talked about Godzilla versus the sea monster, uh, basically what Subaraya did, they took um, they took the body of 64 and you can tell it's 64 uh, because 64 had bigger hands, bigger claws uh, as opposed to 65 and 66. Uh, hmm. And then the head of 6566, the Daisenso Goji from um, all, uh, from Astro Monster and uh, Sea Monster. And they splice them together to form Giras, uh, this giant green and yellow dinosaur uh, with a giant frill on the back of his neck. And just a that's big the, lettuce leaf attached just to his neck. Big lettuce leaf. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> this basically Giras um, lives in the lake and is fed and took care of by uh, the dinosaur professor, who is this crazy old man uh, that loves dinosaurs. Uh, there's a plot twist at the end. We'll cover that. And mm-hmm. our protagonists have to find out or have to solve the mystery rather of why people are being or why people are going missing around this lake. And so that helps build the tension up to the final reveal of Jiras, um, which I will admit is a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've known about Jiras for a while because you can't be a Godzilla fan and not, have heard of or you know and not be in the if you're in the the loop of kaiju uh of the kaiju community you've seen and heard of giras even if you haven't watched uh the episode so the first time i watched this episode i was expecting a lot because everybody keeps talking about this kaiju Mm -hmm. and there really isn't much to him no there's not and I don't even like the way he looks like he's just, <laughs> oh man. I like the idea, like this, the idea of this, like frilled lizard type yeah. thing. Um, like, a Dilop- like a Dilophosaurus. Is that what they're, yeah. The Dilophosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. From, uh, from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. Like, like that. I think that's interesting, mm-hmm. but man, does it look rough? <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely looks rough. Uh, if it were me, if it were me, I would have kept probably the body and the head the same. I would have even kept the frill the same, but I would have also, but I would have probably removed uh, the dorsal, the classic Goji dorsal spines. Oh yeah. And and replaced those with more frills, sort of like a, um, uh, oh oh God, a Spinosaurus, uh, Mm -hmm. sort of like the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park three. That's, the best uh, best point of reference that I can give people, right. just that big that big fan on the back of on his back. Um, I would have probably replaced the the classic Godzilla uh, dorsal plates with that uh, to make it appear to be more dinosaur like. Because honestly, and as as trivial as it sounds, that's kind of what ruins it for me. Is because it's too close 
to Godzilla without being Godzilla. And mm-hmm. it just looks goofy. And the paint app, the paint scheme is just very muddy and grungy looking. And the suit itself, yeah. it the suit itself has seen better days. Let's just let's just admit that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to beat it to death. I mean, we can all. We, we've seen it. People who who've probably listened to this episode have already already seen Giras and have seen photos of Giras, so they know what he looks like. Yeah, I want to get yeah. into sort of the the better parts of the episode where. And really, it's the acting from the dinosaur professor that oh, makes yes. this episode. Uh, it's oh, just, man, his acting It's just so, good. so over the top, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, he was and, a great, great villain. I love that character so much. He was so good. Yeah, absolutely. So, Travis, let me ask you, aside from, you know, I know we've kind of beat up on Jiros. So, so aside from that, what are some really what are some things you really like about episode 10? Um, I I'm with you on the acting from, from, uh, the dinosaur professor. That was great. I think the premise is a lot of fun. The premise of this scientist who's obsessed with dinosaurs and lizards, uh, living in, you know, in a, in a cave basically and doing experiments, uh, in secret is really fun. I, I really liked it. Um, and the only other thing that really stood out to me outside of that is I really liked the twist at the end of the episode. Oh yeah. That was interesting where we find out spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the episode yet, that the professor that we have been thinking is one professor turns out to actually be another professor. Mm -hmm. So instead Uh, of one old man, he's a different old man. No, he's not really an old man. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. I just saw that was funny. It's oh. like it's like, oh, you, you're, you're not that old man. You're the other old man. No, no, it actually is a, a really interesting twist because you've been hearing about this professor who liked dinosaurs and was a, studied dinosaurs and who disappeared 15 years ago. And uh, everyone mm-hmm. says, you know, that that he was such a great scientist and and he had a lot of respect for dinosaurs and everything. Not like this this professor, this evil professor. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that no, he is that professor that disappeared 15 years ago. Right. So uh, yeah, th- I thought that that is it is a really good twist. I just thought that was funny. It's like, oh, you're you're not that old man. You're another guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really nice plot twist. Uh, and the professor's name I have it down here. It's like one of the few names I'm able to remember. It's uh, Doctor. Nikato, um, the mm. professor that we're talking about that went exploring around Loch Ness to go search for this plesiosaur uh, and went suddenly, quote unquote, missing and then turns mm-hmm. up as the dinosaur professor. Um, it's a it's a it's a nice plot twist. We don't get a whole lot of interesting plot twists with the original series of Ultraman, but this one was pretty interesting and worth noting. Uh, but, you know, even if you even if you do watch even if you're watching this for the first time i feel like you can kind of see that coming from a mile away Mm, i actually surprisingly i didn't see it coming okay well maybe it was a shock to me so maybe okay so maybe it's just me being sort of maybe it's my bias maybe i'm just kind of biased a little bit because i've seen this before so maybe that's uh just maybe it's me thinking that because i like i said i've seen this episode before but to me i don't i feel like they make it pretty obvious um, they make it fairly obvious anyway when, uh, when the when the SSSP uh, is talking with the dinosaur professor in his lab, 
uh, he uses, I believe he uses language like um, sort of to allude that maybe that professor is not necessarily dead, but, uh, yeah. but again, that could well, be, see, just, that could be just me. To me, I kept picking up the vibe that this professor had something to do with that mm. one's disappearance. Yeah, that's fair too. Okay. Like I was picking up, I was, I was picking up the vibe that this guy might have killed that professor or maybe experimented on that professor. And maybe that professor is Jiras. Um, yeah. And so that's what, that's what I kept, you know, I was like, I was looking for, you know, a big twist. I knew a twist was coming just because yeah, it, it was, it was kind of broadcasting that there is some kind of twist, but what the twist ended up being actually did take me by surprise. It's not what I expected. Yeah. Um, um but uh, outside of that, uh, I mean, I, the fights, the, the Ultraman fight with, with Giros was not very interesting. Uh, and Giros's noise that he made, which is like a sped up Godzilla uh -huh. is so annoying. It was so grating. <laughs> it was just like, uh, nails on a chalkboard sound. You know, it's, it wasn't to me, in my opinion though, it wasn't that bad. It's one of the more brutal deaths that we see especially early on in the series because you know spoiler alert uh ultraman does kill jiras uh mm -hmm. basically by slicing his neck i think that's the implication that they're saying there they mm -hmm. sliced his belly or sliced his sliced his neck after brutally ripping his uh giant lettuce frill off mm -hmm. um but i actually i thought the battle although it was a little bit anticlimactic I thought it was actually fairly entertaining because you got sort of this little pissing contest between Ultraman and Jiras uh, toward the bat toward the beginning of it when they first uh, meet up with each other. Mm -hmm. So it was still there's still some entertaining bits there to keep to keep you uh, the viewer occupied. Yeah, yeah. Um, you ready to move on to the next episode? I'm ready if you are. All right, let's move on to episode number 11. And again, I didn't write any of the episode titles down. I should have. <laughs> um, but the, I want to say the uh, it's the um, it's the scrap. It's the, I think the scoundrel from outer space. Yeah, the scoundrel called? from outer space. Or no, That's the, it. the rascal from outer space, the ruffian from outer space. I'll find it in a second. I'll let you I know. I think it'd be I think it can be translated multiple ways. So I think there's actually multiple like i think rascal scoundrel i think i've actually seen it written as multiple things because mm. the word in japanese kind of can be translated as rascal scoundrel whatever um so but yeah i have definitely seen it as the scoundrel from outer space or the rascal from outer space um but yeah so uh this episode the a quick just plot summary a con artist discovers a meteorite with the power to make wishes come true. What will the mm. SSSP do? Um, dun, dun, dun. So let's 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 talk about this episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's sure if we if we have to. Let's so <laughs> so a big colorful marble falls from the sky. Right. And a bunch of kids find it, mm -hmm. and they find out that whatever you're thinking of or wishing for when you're holding it or anywhere nearby, it 
turns into that. Mm -hmm. Then a con artist gets a hold to it and he decides to use it to play pranks on people by turning it into a monster, which ends up knocking him out. And then because he's unconscious, he's still, I guess, technically thinking of the monster. And so the monster just keeps going until Mm -hmm. he can wake up from being unconscious and, and stop thinking about it. Right. The idea of this episode is really cool. I actually kind of like it. It fits in with the, this is a kid's show. So fits in with the kind of kid's theme of it. But what the heck is going on in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so the, you know, the trope of the, the unknown object from outer space is nothing new. It's, it's what we we've seen it before. We'll see it again. Uh, Not just in this series, but in other, other franchises, Mm -hmm. but the plot twist of it being able to grant wishes through telepathy is interesting. It really Mm. is. And if I'm now I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of this ruffian of this scoundrel, if you will, uh, this con artist. And I don't know if, if playing pranks, if using a monster to play pranks on other people would be the first thing to come to mind. If I had sort of infinite power with this orb from outer space. I feel like this originally was meant to be one of the kids uh, who gets the gets the the oh, yeah. thing and then starts using it to play pranks and then they decided to change it at the last minute for whatever reason. That would because, make so much more sense. Yeah, because all the decisions that this man is making are more like what a child would do if they had the power of this stone, this rock, this yeah. colorful marble thing. And so I feel like if he was a kid it would make sense and it would fit better. But unfortunately that's not what they did. And it's just weird. It's just weird to see a grown man just playing pranks by making a monster and then just cackling and laughing. So weirdly (laughs) it's like, (laughs) Oh man. Okay. I I do want to bring up one little thing. Now Hoshino does not, appear in this episode which mm-hmm. that's the kid sidekick for the sssp right but he still does kind of make an appearance because they explain that that he's the reason that the sssp gets the rock the the mm-hmm. orb why is why, why hoshino gotta be a little snitch <laughs> these kids these kids found this 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 rock that's granting them wishes uh-huh. and, and Hoshino got to be got got to ruin their fun by being a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. See, I, in my notes, I originally had it where I think I'm, I, I made a reference to where I don't really care much for uh kid protagonists. And that was just sort of a, a, I'm rewatching this. It's been a little bit since I've seen this episode, but, um, I, before I even got to the meat of the episode, I had already wrote that. Mm-hmm. And the only time we ever see any reference to children is in like the first five minutes because mm-hmm. they're wishing for things like cake 
and uh, a piano of all things. Not sure why a kid would want a piano, but okay. Uh, maybe he's just a very intellectually, musically inclined child. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so it, I like what you said there. It does make way more sense for it to be a child doing all of this than a grown but adult to censor mm -hmm. myself. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it does. It, it does. But you know, it, it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting plot. Uh, there are some really good moments though. Uh, specifically sort of the comedic timing was really good. Uh, the one part where the, um, the reporter, the, I think it was the scientist that said, go ahead, test it out. And so the reporter wants to test it out and he's thinking of something he's, he's wanted all of his life. He says, and it's a bride mm -hmm. and it turns out to be in it. And in that moment, you're like, Oh, I feel really bad for this guy because mm -hmm. he's lonely. Uh, but then it turns out to be another uh, uh, man in the room when the bride, when it, when it turns back into something else and they're like, you fool. And then it's just mm -hmm. really, this, it's really this really funny moment uh, that was, that was fairly well done and, and really comedic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, can we talk about the, just absolute uh, bad sciencing that this scientist did by letting some rando guy, <laughs> random guy in the audience uh, come up and like actually wish for something in from the wish granting orb. Like, like you don't know what he's going to wish for. He could wish for a thermonuclear bomb. You don't know. Why would you just let some random guy come up and do that? That is, that is malpractice at it in the highest order that, yeah. that, doc, that fictitious doctor should be disbarred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I do like the tension that comes from the, uh, the, the villain quote unquote villain of the guy mm -hmm. being knocked out and unconscious and him and them trying to wake him up and, and make, you know, and him having to wake up to get rid of the monster. Like I, I like that element of it, mm -hmm. but other than that, there's nothing else in this episode that really stood out to me as spectacular. Well, there is one thing, and I, I'm well. I wouldn't say it's spectacular, but there is one thing that stands out to me, and that's Gango. Gango stands out to the kaiju stands mm -hmm. out to me as probably one of the more unique looking ultra kaiju. Um, and it's interesting because uh, I didn't realize this until I I kind of looked at him a little bit closer. But he's just a modified, I think, uh, Bimular suit. Mm -hmm. It's just a modified yeah. Bimular, like with the, he's got alternate hands. He's got the two, whatever the heck those things are on his, on his head. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's missing all the spikes on his back that yeah, Bimular has. Miss, yeah. He's missing that and his tail. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's got little, um, uh, little nursing booties on, which I thought, yeah. was funny. but anyway, uh, again, the design of this monster goes back to, this is what a monster, uh, this is a kid's imagination of a monster. It's colorful, it's silly, it's goofy, and I like that. It makes no sense for a grown man to be envisioning a monster like that. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I'm really glad that, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because 
that's something that I really didn't even think of, honestly, um, that maybe possibly they had a child protagonist slash antagonist planned for this episode and just never went through with it for some, for some unknown reason. I'm, I'd be truly interested to know the backstory on this episode, if there is one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd be interested in that too. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with episode 11? Uh, not really. It's sort of, uh, it's, it's an okay episode. It's got an interesting plot. Uh, some really fun moments. Uh, the Kaiju, the Kaiju Gango is, um, interesting. Uh, it's definitely unique. And I know that there are, uh, parts of the fandom that actually really do like the design. Um, you know, the fight, the ultra fight at the end, meh, you know, but yeah, this episode, this episode's okay. This episode's okay. It's not my yeah. favorite, but it, it works. It's nothing spectacular, but it's not offensive in any way. It's not. Yeah. Um, so moving on to episode 12. Now this one is called the cry of the mummy or the mummy's cry. The, I think the, I think the cry of the mummy. I, uh-huh. I remember this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and the only reason I, I had to, the only reason I remember that is because uh, I was watching this on movie spree, uh, mm-hmm. the mill Creek, the mill Creek service. Um, and for some reason it skipped ahead. Uh, and I had to go back and re and re and find this episode. And I just remember the title. So that's really the only reason I remember it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So the quick plot breakdown, a 7,000 year old mummy is awakened by scientific experiments and it goes on a rampage Mm -hmm. when it's defeated by the SSSP. It's dying cry activates or awakens a giant horse looking Kaiju. So what are your thoughts on episode 12? It is. It's, it's, it's a little darker. <clears throat> that well, I I want to say episode ten is probably the darkest one uh, of the three that we're we're talking about, but it's probably next in line. Episode twelve is probably the next in line as far as sort of a darker subject matter because with the episode the episode opens up with uh, they're at this expedition site or yeah they're at the expedition site the arche- the archaeological dig and they find the remains of this mummy, which side note. I don't think that's what people look like 7,000 years ago, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. This giant <laughs> chimp face. on it. It's like, Oh, so that's what humans look like 7,000 years ago. No, I don't mm. think so. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. In fact, that's, that's borderline offensive, but okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's really a fun episode. It's, interesting i like that um i i like that the mummy and the giant pegasus is i just call it a pegasus because that's kind of what it looks like mm-hmm. are tied together somehow like when the mummy gets in trouble the pegasus shows up or when the mummy it's like a fail safe right the, it's like a doomsday button where mm-hmm. if mummy if the mummy dies the pegasus the giant pegasus shows up uh i wish that maybe we had gotten a little bit of backstory on on how those two are 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 connected together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that we did get that, but there's only so much you can do within twenty to twenty five minutes. So I, I understand right. why they didn't. Yeah, I I love whenever there's a mummy monster uh, in a in a, a movie or TV show 
because there's just not enough mummy kaiju. Well, it's true. And so I, I do love the the whole idea of a, a mummy kaiju uh, going on a rampage. Um, I think it's really neat that we got a uh, cameo by Akahiko Hirata. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sarazawa. Yeah, Dr. Zarazar, because last week's episode, uh, he was in uh, Atragon, and now he's in it. So it's like our, our theme for the last couple of weeks, is, or last couple of episodes, has been Akihiko Harada, because <laughs> he's just showing up in them. <laughs> if only um, he showed up in this ne- in the next film we're going to be reviewing this. The next coming. film that we're going to be reviewing next. If only he showed up there. I, I don't know if he does or not. I don't think he does, but no, I could I be wrong. Does. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he was great. Um, I like uh, Ide is my favorite character. Right. Um, Ide is, is, does really good in this episode. Uh, he's getting braver. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you take him in episode 12 versus him in episode two, he's he like, he'll, he's a go-getter now. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. seen enough monsters that he's just going to dive right into it. Right. Um, I think that there's a lot of great special effects in this. Um, especially like when Arashi is attacking the, uh, Pegasus monster, mm-hmm. uh, the, the rocks that were exploding right mm-hmm. next to him, uh, that was really cool. That was really good effects there. Yeah. They didn't look like just, um, uh, I would say, I would assume paper mache or, or just what it, or some, or props. They just, they didn't look like that. Yeah. Um, but again, the monster fight kind of underwhelming. Um, although I do like it, I even sent to you, I was like, Oh, this is where that, uh, Ultraman GIF comes from of Ultraman <laughs> riding the weird looking horse thing. That's what it is. It is. Uh, uh, yippee ki Yeah. Ultraman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a, cause this is PG 13. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. That's uh, exactly, exact, so, it took me a second to realize what you were referencing. And then I thought, Oh yeah, he must what, be on that. He must be on that episode. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. Uh, other than that, the the uh, monster fight was n- like nothing spectacular. Um, did they really have to show the monster on the ground just twitching after Ultraman killed him? I know. I kind of felt bad for it. It was just like sort of like uh, it's it's sort of like when you when you're watching a a more recent movie and you're and you see the protagonist's horse die. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that. It was like, it, I was like, why, why, why did yeah. you, why did you show that? I mean, that's just not, it's not, it's not right. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. It was so like they, they blinded the thing by blasting its eyes out. Oh, and I then, know that was brutal. <laughs> and then Ultraman kills it and it's just laying on the ground twitching. Oh, it's like, okay, this goes into, and this is going to go into my final thoughts for the whole, all three episodes, but really I have come and finally made peace with the fact that I am not a fan of Showa era Ultraman. <laughs> I, I think this is where I think this is because we uh, we talked about it earlier in this episode, and mm-hmm. this is where you told me that you you're not a fan of Showa era Ultraman. Now, I, for me, 
I like Showa era stuff in general because it's 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 campy, it's fun, you know, it's cl- it's classic. There's just a certain charm to it, but I totally totally understand why you would not like this. Yeah, and and for people who have been listening to the podcast and for people who have been who know me, you know that I don't have anything against Showa-era films because I love Showa-era films. There's plenty of Showa-era films. There's plenty of Showa-era television that I like. Um, I I really like the Showa-era common writers. Um, there's a few of them, you know, a few of the different Showa-era common writers that are really, really, really good, and I enjoy them a lot. But I just with with the '66 series with Ultra 7, with Return of Ultraman, and with Ultra Ace, Ultraman Ace, the ones that I've seen so far, I just, I'm not rooting for Ultraman. I'm never, I cannot connect with any of those Ultramen and root for them. I I enjoy the team, uh, especially in the 66 series. I really like the team that he's working with. I like Harada, the human counterpart of this Ultraman, but I just find myself like, I just do not enjoy watching him fight the monsters because it's needlessly brutal. It's, it's more underwhelming than, than it is good to me. And I just don't enjoy it. So when it comes to the Showa era Ultraman, I guess I'm just not really a fan uh, but now that does change once we hit the Heisei era and the modern era, uh, because there are a lot of the, uh, the ones I've seen so far, uh, of those series that I really like, but it's just this, this early days Ultraman. I, I don't, I can't connect with it. Right. And I get that. I totally get that. Cause like we talked about you, you love more of the heroic side of Ultraman and this is just basically monster fights monster wrestling so yeah yeah I mean and, and you know and Ultraman the idea of Ultraman evolves and you know he becomes more of a, a hero of light you know that's what they refer to him as later on but for these episodes I'm like he's not a hero of light because <laughs> there is nothing light about him. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Now, one thing I, I thought maybe, cause I put it in my notes and I thought maybe you would appreciate it, uh, about this episode, Travis is because the Pegasus Kaiju, which I, its name escapes me. Um, yeah, I can't remember it has a very interesting, familiar roar that you may have picked up on i actually didn't i didn't i must have been distracted i didn't you must have been well it is a it's a higher pitched or more sped up version of the mothra roar or mothra ah okay i'm really surprised you didn't pick up on that in fact it was it's it's so weird because when i first watched this is like the second time i've watched this episode when i first saw it i was a little bit taken aback not because of that because of the fact that it was just didn't fit the monster in general. I, right. expect, I expected something way different. Um, but then I thought, Oh, that's Mothra. It's weird. That's weird. Okay. But it's Mothra. I thought maybe yeah. Travis would get a kick out of that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I no, I didn't pick up on that. I must've, I think I had, by the time I got to that, that episode, I wasn't really, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I wasn't paying attention to like the little details like that. Um, so I might have just, yeah, I just missed it. But, uh, but yeah, that is interesting. Um, overall, though, with that episode, with episode 12, I do enjoy it overall, um, mainly because I enjoy the mummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the yeah. mum, the yeah. mummy kaiju, that whole um, plot, uh, that whole side of the story, how the SSSP has to take him down, mm-hmm. uh, how they try not to kill him to begin with, but then they're they're left no choice, and so it's kind of this tragic moment of having to kill the mummy. Uh, it's it's really it's a really well done uh, story. Uh, and really well done episode. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the mummy laser eyes? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's one of those things that just like it was. It was the Showa era goofy, yeah, campy. Exactly. Like I, it doesn't bother me. Like yeah, I, I know it's right. campy, but it doesn't bother me. But yeah, I, um, I think you're right. It is a. It is is sort of a tragic character. Uh, really, I think that anytime you see a mummy in cinema is mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's sort of portrayed as a, ca- a tragic character. I, ca- I have to go back and rewatch like the actual movies from the two thousands, the mummy or whatever to, to really make a, uh, an informed decision on that. But oh, anytime the, the Brendan Fraser ones. The, yeah. The Brendan Fraser ones. Oh, um, no, they, they, he is not a tragic character. The mummy is not tragic at all in those. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but okay. So the old universal mummy. But yeah, the old, old one. Yeah. Because, and, and I get why he, it is kind of a tragic thing, uh, character because inherently, you know, it's the idea of you're, we are the ones, you know, humans are the ones disturbing his peace. You know, like this mummy was buried in the ground and was fine. And, it was human intervention that caused it to wake up. And now it's in a world that it doesn't recognize. And of course it's going to go on a rampage. So yeah, I, I, I think that that's why mummies in general tend to be a more tragic figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the episode to me just falls apart once you get uh, the, the bigger Kaiju. Yeah, this would have been, this would have probably worked better. I think we even said this for uh, maybe a couple of Ultraman review back, like a couple of episodes, a couple of Ultraman episodes back where um, we talked about the episode that featured Green Mons. Uh, mm-hmm. This this one probably would have worked better as an Ultra Q episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just not even have Ultraman in it at all. Just have the SSSP mm. have to handle it on their own. And exactly. it would have been great. Yeah. Um, any other little things that you want to say about this episode before we move into our final thoughts? No. Um, well, we did forget to touch on just one little thing. Uh, we're now seeing the SSSP kind of pick up on Hayata being Ultraman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was an interesting thing. And the fact that it was E-Day who was like, hmm, could it be? And I was like, yes, Ide, you're the smart one. I love you. Right. <laughs> uh, I love that. So yeah, that's, that's a, that was a really good uh, element in it too. Um, all right, so uh, final thoughts. Uh, what are your final thoughts on these three episodes of uh, Ultraman? Are we, uh, are we ranking them? 
or what are we doing here? Are we, uh, we rank them, don't we? It's been a little bit since we've done an ultra episode. Yeah, we, we rank them. Uh, or I think we, we've typically been ranking them, like which one's our favorite of the three uh, oh, okay. and stuff. But uh, we don't do Godzuki scores because we're saving the Godzuki score for the overall series at the end. Right. Once we've okay. seen the whole thing. Yeah. Once we hit like episode, I went 36 or no, is it more than that? I think it's 36. Uh, yeah, it's 30 something. Yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, so ranking these was pretty hard uh, since these are not actually my favorite episodes of the original series. Um, my least favorite episode, I'm going to have to go with episode 11. Uh, it goes at the bottom. Just although the story was fairly unique, Gango was, interest, was an interesting looking kaiju. The overall silliness of the episode left a little left me a little bit distracted where I didn't really care much about it. Uh, and then what we talked about earlier today uh, about it just not not making much sense to have an adult play that lead antagonist role. It should have really been a child. Um, mm -hmm. uh, probably episode 10 uh, is next in line in the right there in the middle. Um you know, the story is fairly, you know, the story is fairly unique. It's fun, but you know, it's the lackluster monster, bat the lackluster monster battle at the end, uh, left a little bit, left a little bit to be desired for me. Uh, it was a good episode for sure. Just not my favorite. Plus, you know, uh, Ultraman versus Godzilla, uh, AKA, well, not really Godzilla, um, should have been a little bit more of a highlight. Uh, especially for show for fans of the Showa era, but it just really wasn't. It just it was interesting, and as a as a fan of um, as a fan of dinosaurs, I enjoyed the episode. Just wasn't that great to me. Um, so that puts episode twelve on top as my favorite. Um, it took itself a little bit too seriously at times. Um, the miniatures were well constructed, really were really well constructed actually. Uh, mm -hmm. There was plenty of action, and although uh, both the mummy and the Pegasus Kaiju don't look all that great, uh, I liked how the story, how their stories and their backgrounds kind of intertwined with each other. Uh, the the also the episode lays the groundwork for the rest of the SS for for the rest of the storyline that would kind of continue throughout the original series, where uh, the SSSP. Um, is suspecting Hayata as being Ultraman. Um, and that, that, that subplot line does creep up from time to time from this point forward, especially. Uh, and it's just really interesting. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call this a filler episode, but it isn't, but episode 12 is an important episode, I think, because it, like I said, it does lay that groundwork for a, a subplot going forward where the SSSP is starting to sort of catch on to Hayata and and him being Ultraman. Yeah, as far as my final thoughts, uh, I'm I'm much like you. I the the episode eleven is at the bottom just because uh, it is too weird. There it wasn't nothing about it really stood out as spectacular to me. Um, episode ten is right in the middle. I, I like the ideas that it had. I like the acting in it, but uh, there was just, I, I Geos overall was underwhelming. Um, but I did enjoy the third episode that we covered episode 12 because I'm a sucker for mummy themed Kaiju. 
and mm-hmm. it felt very classic sci-fi uh and classic right. you know old school adventure uh so yeah i really enjoyed that one uh again it did fall apart once the kai you know the the giant kaiju came out and the uh and ultraman showed up um ultimately i appreciate this the history and significance of this original series of ultraman i -hmm. get it i understand its significance i know how important it is i will never say it's not important or significant to the tokusatsu genre and what it did for the tokusatsu on television um but i am having a hard time watching it at times uh, I'm finding okay. it very hard to watch at times. I find myself not really enjoying the Ultraman segments and wishing he just wasn't part of the show and it was just about the SSSP. Um, right. You know, I'm <clears throat> having a hard time connecting with him as a hero. But mm-hmm. maybe I was just grumpy this week and that's <laughs> why I'm so hard on these episodes. Maybe I'll change my mind as we keep now, going. Now, man, you can't use that excuse for every week. Now, I know, I know. I'm always grumpy. I'm a grumpy old man. Leave me <laughs> Get alone. <off> lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I maybe my maybe my my uh, feelings will change as we get further along into the uh, you know into reviewing these episodes but just right now uh, that's that's just how i feel about the about this particular ultraman series no i totally get it i totally get it and uh, as much as i do like the original ultraman series the latter part the latter episodes are better i think Mm Uh, when you get into the into the upper teens and uh, in the early twenties, mm-hmm. uh, for those episodes, they do get better. Uh, these earlier ones are, I will agree, tough to watch. Um, but I will always sort of have a love for the original and respect it for what it was, and and sort of the groundbreaking, uh, sort of that groundbreaking. Uh, sort of the groundbreaking series that it was for, for the world of uh, tokusatsu and, and kaiju and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I understand your, I understand your gripes with it. I totally, you know, I, I actually agree with a lot of them, a lot of the critiques, um, but I probably am more of a fan of it than you are because I, like I said, I do enjoy more of the campier, sillier Showa era stuff. And that's why I can kind of look over some of the flaws in this, in this very first season of Ultraman. So, but as a side note, Travis, the, the Kaiju's name in episode 12 is called Dodongo. Dodongo. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Doki. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's not like I don't like campy, silly things. I mean, there are plenty of campy shows that I like, uh, and silly stuff that I like. So it's not even the silliness or the campiness that bothers me. Uh, that or is why I'm having a hard time connecting with this because I, you know, I, I, I watch Batman 66. I watch, uh, the, the sixties, uh, green Hornet series. You know, I watch those shows and they are fun and they're just as fun as, you know, as anything else to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, it, so it's not the campiness that's, that's making it hard for me to connect with this. It's just, there's something about the, the, 
the way Ultraman is portrayed in this in this early era that doesn't set well with me. Mm. Whereas later on in the Heisei era, all the way down to the more modern ones, mm -hmm. I feel like I enjoy them more. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's just me. And that's just me being a grumpy old man. <laughs> so if you want to tell Travis just how wrong he is, where can folks do that? Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We need to give our uh, trivia question for the next episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we, yeah, let's give <clears> the <throat> trivia question real quick. Uh, and then I'll give the, everybody the places where they can rip me a new one uh, for my <laughs> bad opinion on Ultraman. <laughs> um, so the trivia question hinting to the next episode that we're going to be covering, which dueling kaiju film does Quentin Tarantino, Brad Pitt, and Nicolas Cage cite as an influence on their careers? Interesting. Yeah. I know uh, the answer, but it's still interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that these three uh, big Hollywood people uh, were influenced by this uh, Japanese giant monster film uh, on in their careers. So, um, yeah. But uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us and tell me how wrong I am about Ultraman or just answer the trivia question that we just gave, you can do that uh, on our social medias at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter, Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram, or you can email us kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Uh, we want to say thank you to everyone for listening to this episode because we really appreciate you listening and sharing it with your friends. We enjoy uh, the we enjoy doing this, and we're glad that people are enjoying uh, listening to it. Uh, you can also find us at the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, and also follow Michael at Kaiju Groupie Pod and the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter and Instagram. We also want to say a big thank you to Brian, Shijir, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You too can also support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. Or you can support us by leaving a review on Apple's podcast app. We love seeing those reviews and it helps us get discovered uh, by more people. So if you want to help the, uh, the podcast grow, that's a way to do it. You can also help support us and help us grow by subscribing to our YouTube channel because we're still trying to reach 100 subscribers by the end of July. So check it out. And we post a lot of interesting things on the YouTube uh, channel that sometimes don't make it into the episodes. And Michael does a lot of work in trying to pair the uh, visuals with the audio. So you have something to watch while you're also listening to the podcast. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. So until next time, I'm going to say help control the mummy population. Have your, what was it? The dongos, the dongos, the dongos, spayed or neutered <laughs> later guys. Bye.